Before we begin, I want to thank the sponsor of Oil & Gas Upstream, Oliva Gibbs. Oliva Gibbs provides clear legal solutions to complex oil, gas, and mineral law issues nationwide. We believe that when we focus on serving people, good things happen in the lives of our clients and employees. We just happen to be a law firm. Learn more at oglawyers.com. Oil and gas production is the union of natural systems with advanced science and complex engineering. Smart people across the globe create this remarkable place we call Upstream, and each day brings a new challenge. This is the Oil and Gas Upstream podcast, where we look at how these systems come together and learn from the people who make it happen. Welcome to Oil and Gas Upstream. I'm Elena Milkett, your host. Some of you know me as the former director for Oil and Gas Upstream Research at the U.S. Department of Energy. I retired from the DOE, founded a small consultancy, Energia Consulting, and became a podcast host for Oil and Gas Global Network. I invite you to go to the OGGN website and take a look at the new merchandise that's available now. Maybe even pick up the Oil and Gas Upstream t-shirt that reminds us that only the bit finds oil. (laughs) A link is in the show notes. And now I'd like to introduce two guests today. We're uh, recording live from the SPE Annual Technology Conference and, and Exhibition. I'm with Reed Warner, CEO of Taka Drilling Solutions, and Pedro Virgo, Vice President of North and South America for Well Completions. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us uh, on the podcast today. Reed, let's start with you. Why don't you give us a little bit of background about yourself, and then we can move into uh, Taka and who Taka is and what Taka is and some of the exciting things that you're sharing here at the ATCE this year. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having us. We appreciate the, the time and the opportunity to, to speak with you here today. So, as you mentioned, my name is Reed Warner. Um, been in the drilling space of the upstream oil field services for the last 27 years. Um, always in the directional drilling, um, downhole tools, uh, services side of the business. And um, I'm extremely excited to, uh, to be heading up the drilling side of Taka globally. Um, and super excited to be here at ATC. Excellent, excellent. And Pedro, tell us about your background and claim to fame for us. Thank you, Elena. Thank you very much for having us too. And this is very exciting. It is a very uh, memorable uh, week for us, not only by the fact that we're here, we're sharing with our customers, but also uh, we are celebrating different events for the company, which are uh, very powerful uh, forward uh, decisions for, for us to be. I have been 40 years in the industry. I worked uh, in both sides of the road. I worked for an operator and also for a major oil first service company. That's major oil service company was 30 years there in different uh, product lines from the petrophysical, the logging, to the drilling, to the testing, and also to the well completions and productivity. Uh, I'm in charge, as you said, for uh, North and Latin America for DACA well completions. Yeah. And it's a very exciting segment because we are working a lot with our customer to optimize not only the, the, the equipment running the well, but also the productivity of the well. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. So, so Reed, tell us a little bit about Taka. It's not the first name that I think about in this sector. And so, so give us a sense of who you are and, you know, why you're here at, OT, at, uh, <laughs> at SPE. 
So Taka is a fully integrated oil field services company um, covering the full spectrum of technology needed to help our customers uh, on the upstream side of the business. Uh, founded 20 years ago in Saudi Arabia. Um, we're here celebrating that 20th year anniversary, um, showcasing some key technologies that we have here at the SPE event at ATC, um, and also taking the opportunity to um, announce the unification of uh, all of our sister companies um, under the single brand of Taka. Uh -huh. Um, which is a which is a huge opportunity for us to um, unify everything that we're doing, be coherent with our customers um, everywhere that we work, um, and to really bring together that integrated oil field service platform um, to help uh, the energy industry continue to move forward. Excellent, excellent. Um, and Pedro, you're um, VP of North America and North and South America. So give us a sense of your presence here in the U.S. Um, oil and gas. Yeah, our, uh, thank you. Our presence in North America is uh, going from Alaska to down into uh, Texas. Uh, we have operations to improve uh, uh, completion systems for us customers, including in California, we have uh, in the U.S., in Texas, and in, in Canada included, in which we help our customers to produce more oil and uh, with the possibility of keeping water into the well, into the ground, yeah. so increased productivity there. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we have systems that uh, help them in uh, improving well monitoring and control. And in Latin America, we have presence in a few countries there, and uh, we're very strong in the Pacific area, in Colombia, Peru, and Ecuador. We are evolving our businesses in Brazil and Argentina and Mexico, uh, as well as in Trinidad and uh, Guyana and Suriname. In all of those countries, we have a mixed uh, portfolio of offering, including the well completions, advanced completion solutions, and productivity, as well as on the wireless technology to monitor downhole well conditions, uh, but not only that, but also to actuate valves in the well, intelligent completion services, or uh, reservoir monitoring, including fiber optics and their interpretation in productivity and also well conditions. Excellent, hardcore, upstream, excellent, yeah. excellent. So, so Reed, have you always been in the oil and gas sector? Is, is this, you know, how did, how did you come into oil and gas? So yeah, uh, born and raised in Canada, and when I entered the oil and gas industry, um, spent uh, the next 27 years um, uh, on the directional drilling side. Um, so always on the oil field service side. Okay. Um, lived uh, all over the world uh, in those 27 years, moved, uh, moved 15 or 16 times, I've oh, lost yeah. count. It's yeah. the global um, nature of the business, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And um, yeah, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, and and how about you, Pedro? How did you get into oil and gas? And what's your claim to fame here? Yeah, my interest? first uh, <laughs> my first degree was mechanical engineering, and then I decided to go back to the university to start petroleum engineering. Oh, so I'm petroleum excellent. engineer after A mechanical engineer. engineer. That's excellent. correct. And uh, through the years since Lamberger, we lived and worked in all of the continents with my family, and uh, as. We, we discuss, I would say, it's a very dynamic business yes. and uh, take us all around the world, but also that is giving us the opportunity not only to meet 
with different communities and people, but also different technologies and customer customer demands and requirements. Right. And that's uh, how I came in, into here, I would say, with a significant uh, a exposure to the global business, but in different sectors from the well construction to the production and, and, and others, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Reed, what did you see in terms of changes and advances in technology or differences in, in uh, different parts of the world with the different reservoirs with respect to the drilling or, or the services that you provide? What are some of these changes over the course of time? Because I, I don't know that people realize the dynamic nature of um, advancements of technology. Sure. You know, the the uh, when I first entered the oil and gas industry, there was always this talk of, uh, uh, you know, the end of oil and uh, how right. quickly things were peak were oil. peak oil. <laughs> and the reality is, is that uh, technology has really allowed our entire industry to continue to move and support the global demand for energy that exists out there. And it's really been on the basis of continuing to improve the efficiencies, continuing to improve the, the technologies that we were able to bring that allowed us to continue to um, provide and supply uh, energy and support the demand that it that exists. And it's it's one of the things that's super exciting about Taka. You know, Taka at the end of the day is about growth um, and about providing that fully integrated solution to our customers um, as the enabler of, of, of energy. And uh, that's that's our, our ambition and what we're continuing to be focused on and super excited, you know, obviously about the 20 year history of the company so far, but more the, you know, the next 20, 40, 60 and 80 years ahead of us as we continue to support um, our customers um, and provide value to our, our shareholders, of course, hopefully our customers and, and definitely our people. Absolutely. And um, so it's a super exciting time for, for, I think for our industry, you know, it's been through its, its highs and lows, but if you look at the way in which uh, we're positioned as an integrated oil field service company, um, in the Middle East uh, and North Africa, but also globally um, through a very, very strong product and technology offering. Um, Taka is, is committed to, to continuing to invest and, and uh, doing its part um, to continue to help uh, move energy forward. Excellent, excellent. And what kind of changes have you seen, Pedro, from subsurface perspective, I guess we would talk about? Yeah, you said it correctly. And, and uh, as Rich covered a good part of that, and uh, uh, we are involved in the well construction as also in the productivity. I uh, have seen changes uh, through the years, uh, not only on the conventional environments, but significant evolution on the offshore, offshore uh, finding and developing the deep water. But also in the last few years, we've seen a significant change also on the shale, the unconventional place in right. which uh, uh, technology has played, in all of them has played a lot of uh, a big role in justifying the economic production of the reservoirs mm -hmm. and uh, also the continuity to uh, have a, a, a continuous development in new frontiers. Yeah. And I think that innovation has played a tremendous role on uh, those fronts. And uh, I'm a firm believer, as I'm, I'm sharing the same thing that the Taka community, we're a firm, firm believer that without innovation, we cannot continue. Uh, Rick talked about the future, the 20 years, 40 years. I think that there is a point in which you analyze the 20 years, and the 20 years is a significant milestone in which we analyze exactly what we did, where we are, but most importantly, where are the bases for the future? Mm -hmm. And that's based on the innovation, people, 
technology customers working in collaboration with customers, understanding their needs and try to work for their objectives. Yeah. 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 So being very close to the wellhead and, and subject matter experts in the um, surface and subsurface environment at the wellhead, um, if you will, um, one of the things we talk about is the transferability of skills and the kinds of services that you provide to other subsurface sectors like the geothermal, the carbon storage, even the hydrogen storage or whatever. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Are you engaged that? Are you thinking about that, Reed, um, going forward? Or what, what's your, what are your thoughts on that piece of it, all of the above kind of thing? Sure. So um, you, you covered a, a broad spectrum of... I did. Uh, I do. I talk about that all the time. <laughs> so, uh, again, one of the super exciting parts of unifying uh, everything under TACA is the ability for us to continue to provide those integrated solutions. And when we look at, for example, as you mentioned, geothermal, right? From a well construction perspective, um, being able to provide all of the technology that's needed, not only first and foremost to, to drill and, and, and bring a geothermal well online, but within, uh, within Taka, we have an entire group that's dedicated to geothermal. Um, and continuing to advance um, that part of the industry um, and also our services from uh, within it. So it's a super exciting part of, of what we're doing. Um, if you look at our geothermal activities in, um, in the Middle East, in Turkey specifically, we have a, a long, long history of being a, uh, a contributor to the geothermal expansion of the, uh, of the market in Turkey. Um, and we hope to continue to, to help not only Turkey, but other other countries to continue to develop their geothermal uh, resource base. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we haven't, um, in previous podcasts, I haven't really had anyone who would, could speak to um, the technology, the application of technology, that transferability. What are some of the real challenges, the differences uh, uh, with respect to drilling, I guess, in, in that area and the, and the well construction um, w between uh, oil and gas and geothermal? Like, I make it sound like it's real easy to just transfer it, but these are deeper, hotter rocks. I mean, this is a higher pressures envir pressure environment. So what are some of the challenges that you're seeing maybe around the world or in terms of making uh, geothermal, you know, an industry, you know, un not unlike the oil and gas sector as, a, as, a, an, as an energy source around the world uh, that has different features than oil and gas does. What, what, it, what are you seeing about the transferability of the technologies and the challenges that might be different between the two? Because we talk, there are listeners are subject matter experts as sure. well as people who have very little exposure to oil and gas. And so when I say about the geothermal, you know, give us a little bit of sense, not too technical, but, um, but some sense of what the differences are. Sure, I think, you know, geothermal is, is definitely um, a part of the entire energy portfolio. And it's a critical one that is needed um, for you know, the entire landscape of continuing to provide cost-effective energy solutions to, to all of the markets around the world. When you speak about transferability, I mean, at the end of the day, you still have to drill the well. You still have to bring the well online. Um, and one of the challenges then is to, is to be able to connect it to whatever infrastructure you have within, within those countries um, for them to be able to, to get the full value out of it. It is certainly different in terms of the way in which the well construction process happens. And there are different challenges that um, from a technology perspective, um, we're continuing to work to overcome. But there is 
tremendous transferability in in the knowledge of how to drill a geothermal well, um, how to bring it online, how it will fit within the landscape of the of the energy needs of the country that is that is 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 going after the geothermal, and I think the the more that um, technology continues to evolve and the more that countries continue to explore geothermal and their geothermal resources, um, it's, a, it's a super exciting part of, um, of the energy portfolio moving forward. And something that certainly as Taka we're, uh, we're committed and, 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 and very uh, involved in. Yeah, yeah. So Pedro, you're the well completions guy. Talk to us a little bit about uh, that if you have anything to add to what Reed said, but then I'm gonna move you to possibly the carbon storage angle. Uh, transferability. Yeah, in geothermal, we have had and we have ongoing discussions in the North and Latin America. As Reed mentioned, there are other places of the world in which we are active. On the well completions and productivity, uh, I will consider, based on the discussions and the request from our customers, is a kind of line extension of the products that we have, sometimes related to materials, sometimes related to performance uh, ratings. And uh, we had uh, a recent discussion and meeting with one of the major operators that is uh, uh, going more aggressive into the uh, geothermal. And some of our technologies were qualified as advancing close to two years their development on the geothermal business because of the technology that we had. We just needed to change uh, the materials Oh, and uh, okay. that's what the call line extension is, is, is getting the same technology into different specifications. But no, absolutely, we, we are present, we are active uh, in uh, research and, and, and development also, trying to up all the, the, the technical aspect of, the, of the, the, the equipment that we run in, in completions and production, yeah. Yeah, and is there a um, carbon storage uh, angle? In, in carbon storage, yes, we do have some operations. In fact, we just finished an application in Canada for one of the customers there. Uh, we are uh, uh, bringing to the market uh, the technology that we use in an oil and gas business today. The same thing, which is uh, the inflow and outflow uh, valves that we install in wells. Okay. And that's uh, the technology we are uh, currently applying some of the wells there. Mm -hmm. So we are more active uh, into the scope in the geothermal and we are uh, increasing our presence in the carbon storage sequestration, yeah. yes. A question that I get sometimes, and I never have a really good answer, um, has to do with um, if you have a depleted oil field, can you use those wells? Can you, well, maybe the wells, but um, the um, surface injection infrastructure. The, does that? I mean, can you just you just substitute a different you know? Uh, you fluid? could. You could, you probably need to make some modifications there and try to, to see exactly what is what is that you're going to do in the well and look at uh, which fluid you're going to be injecting. Mm -hmm. I think that that's what I understood from you. You're producing a depleted well into an injector. There will there will be changes that we have to do. Mm -hmm. But yes, repurposing wells is, is one of the activities that is definitely being considered in some of the, some of the cases. Depends right. on the well, depends on the reservoir, depends on the conditions and, and, right. and, 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 and even the, the, the the mechanics of the well, yeah. So the mechanics considered. of the well is more what I was thinking about. You know, being you being construction well construction yeah. um, experts, um, are there uh, particular protocols? Is there like a checklist when I take my car into the to the gas station or wherever to have it checked out? Whatever. There's these, these checklists. There's particular things that like. What are the vulnerable vulnerabilities so, of particular existing systems that may not transfer so easily or that transfer very well? 
Yeah. It, at first, the first uh, step that uh, we need to take uh, in many places around the world, we need to go through the approval process through the authorities that we are going to repurpose the well. Ah, okay. When that is considered, obviously, to go to that step, we need to know exactly what we're going to do. It's going to do with the tubulars, going to do with the completion of the well, going to what are we going to do on the surface equipment. So we kind of uh, scope those things, look at uh, what are the requirements, present a, 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 a folder uh, for approval. And if it's approved, obviously go into the implementation. But no, there are, there are changes that we need to do. Uh, in some places it's been done, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, the approval, in some places, uh, you need to go through some uh, other uh, tests and qualifications, but it's, it's, it's something that uh, it can be done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great, great. So this has been a kind of a quick interview. I, I, I want to be sure that I ask you all of the things that you want to share with respect to TACA. Like, does TACA stand for something? Is it a word, T-A-Q-A? Or is it um, uh, an acronym for something? Or how did we get the name TACA? So Taka actually in Arabic means energy. Oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. wonder if everybody knows that. I didn't know that. And so... Um, <laughs> well, that's are, a great name then. <laughs> yeah, so the the full name is we are the industrialization and services company um, uh, that, like we said, started 20 years ago in Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. And uh, through that has had a, had a tremendous uh, growth curve and is still a growth um, focused company, um, providing oil field services uh, across the full spectrum of the upstream sector mm -hmm. across the MENAT and uh, Middle East and North Africa. Um, and outside of that, through its products and technology um, side of the business, is continuing to uh, invest in R&D and innovation to ensure that we continue to drive uh, technology across the whole sector moving forward. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a super exciting time for the company. Um, fantastic opportunity for us to be harmonized under a, a single brand. And, um, you know, something that for, uh, for all of our people and, uh, and our customers and ultimately our shareholders, um, uh, 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 an incredible period of time for Taka. Yeah, yeah. We are almost at time. Is there anything you want to share? Perhaps, um, Pedro, something on the technical side or um, uh, read, the, the, something, read something about maybe the future, oil and gas, you know, what's going on, that kind of thing. Something that we feel very uh, strong of is uh, working together with the customer working very close. We have a very good uh, understanding of uh, how to go through the well construction, advise our customers, provide our best uh, recommendations and technology, mm -hmm. and at the same time, collaborate with them. We have a good subsurface team too. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we try to be not just a hardware or service provider. We want to be uh, perceive and approve as one partner of the operations that they have in which we bring value. Right. It's not just about bringing a service, but just trying to understand their drivers, their goals, and try to work for, uh, so they optimize their goals and they reach their goals or exceed their goals. Yeah. Right. So that's, we, we, we try to work and we have teams in all around the world. I would say we have uh, in Canada, in Houston, in the Middle East, wherever we operate, we try to be very close to the customer. We're not just a, a, a product, equipment, or service supplier. We want right. to be more than that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's wonderful, a partnership. Yep, that, that's uh, a word, Interdependencies, yeah, yeah. And Reed, do you have any last things you want to share? 
from my side, just uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to speak with you today. Oh, and absolutely. Uh, thank you for, um, you know, we're, we're super excited to be here at SPATC here in San Antonio this year um, to share with, uh, with the technical communities here and, and globally uh, our 20th anniversary celebration that we've, that we've just gone through and the unification of uh, all of the companies of TACA under, 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 under one TACA. And um, we're super excited about the future um, and the value that we can create for um, for our for our customers, our our shareholders, and of course our people. So thank you very much for giving us that time. Oh, absolutely! Thank you, thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much. Reed T. Warner, CEO of Taka Drilling Solutions, and Pedro Virgil. Uh, Vice President of North and South America Well Completions. Thank you so much again for being uh, on this podcast. Really enjoyed hearing about your company, learning a new word. I wish I had known that. I would have asked you about that sooner. Um, and thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Elena Melkert, your host for Oil & Gas Upstream. More next time. Join us again next week on the Oil & Gas Upstream podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.